Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos carry leprosy? Hmm? They're like St. Bernard's. They carry it in little barrels underneath their necks in case there's a, an emergency where somebody needs a leprosy right away. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Hogwarts, 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 Hogwarts. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 11 through 15 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, Harry and his friends go shopping and sneaking in Diagon Alley, two of their favorite activities. Then it's off to Hogwarts Express time. Uh, Harry has lunch with Slughorn and a bunch of other celebrity kids who we don't give a shit about and takes a super half-assed stab at some spying. He gets caught, of course, and Malfoy fucks him up good, but luckily Tonks comes along to mop him up off the floor. We finally arrive at Hogwarts and classes begin with Slughorn teaching potions, Snape teaching dark arts, and Harry, the captain of the wizard sportsball team, and Dumbledore is going to tutor him in wizard murder or something. This is really looking like it's going to be Harry's year. Oh, speaking of Dumbledore's, <laughs> speaking of Dumbledore's tutoring, our first lesson is a deep dive into Voldemort's family background, presumably so that Harry can deliver some really harsh your mom jokes. Like, <laughs> your mom's so ugly and inbred that she had to magically drug your dad for like six months to have you. Oh. <laughs> I think I've heard that one before. Yeah. Chapter 11, Hermione's Helping Hand. It's a Quidditch tryouts. Yeah, and they're also so they've been learning these nonverbal spells, right? Like right. this is clearly useful. I think they should be teaching them how to do this way earlier. I mean, think of how much better off they'd been at the Department of Mysteries if they had known how to do uh, nonverbal spells. Like, I'm, I feel like Hogwarts is neglecting important dark wizard combat skills that apparently every young wizard needs to know. Right? Like, wouldn't that be really important for defense against the dark arts? Maybe Snape didn't uh, want them to know it. I don't think that. Hogwarts is set up to prepare students for magic gun battles inside government offices. You know, uh, Jeff, you say that, but, you know, Dumbledore is training a secret army here, so. Well, he wasn't. Harry Potter was, right? If Uh anybody's at fault for not teaching them how to do silent spells, it's Harry Potter, right? He's the dark arts teacher. (laughs) That's a good point. I just feel like if you're training insurgency, this is important. It's interesting how they waited until their sixth year to start learning nonverbal spells. I mean, don't you think that'd be the sort of thing you'd want to start earlier on? So you were just used to doing it that way? That's what I was thinking. Like, why why not start here from square one? And and especially considering the fact that in the sixth year, not everyone is going to be taking all of these classes, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's like training wheels, you know, saying the words is training wheels. And, uh, you know, you don't take off the training wheels till you're good at it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's, maybe it's very difficult. I think Snape does yeah. mention that not everyone can do it or something. Even mm-hmm. adult wizards often say things. So it's it's just the easiest way to do it. Mm. laziest way to do it more like mm, it's true mm-hmm. and uh hagrid's giving them the silent treatment because they are kind of being crappy friends honestly i mean, I mean a little bit yeah but, he's the adult no, i mean I, I, they're on the yeah he's an adult i mean is I mean, he though i mean like how, how old is he actually for a giant is he actually an adult for a giant i don't know he's pretty old i mean He's he's significantly. I think he's in his like fifties or something. Is he? If oh, okay. you go back to canon, yeah, because he was around at the same time as um, Tom Riddle. He was there way before like the Marauders were. And he has no other friends but Dumbledore and these three uh, children. I mean, we don't know. He like goes down to Hogsmeade in the evenings to drink, so he's he may have some buddies down there. That's a good point. Yeah, and the he has his brother. Egg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, but going back to it, we've got our, our Quidditch tryouts. And 
so I'm not okay with this. Hermione, like there's a whole thing where it's Ron is trying out for Keeper versus a guy named Cormac McClagan. And apparently Cormac McClagan is kind of a huge douche. So Hermione yeah. does a confunding charm on him. So he misses his last goal during tryouts. So Ron gets that. Like, uh-huh. I'm not mm-hmm. okay with this. Uh-huh. Yeah, this no, is it's super cheats. cheating, right? And and also, by, by the way, even if that weren't the case, like Harry basically set this up so that Ginny was the one shooting at Ron for his tryouts. I mean, that's a well, conflict she, of interest, right? She only shot one ball at him, right? Didn't they, they rotated, you know, soccer penalty style? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, that's what I thought. There were five shots. It, Do you think there were five shooters? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they do it in soccer. Yeah, oh, okay. still though, like the the Weasley family mob, like they stay together, Sorry. you know. I should have said American soccer. I don't understand. That's a really funny sports joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, yeah. So so Hermione absolutely cheats for Ron, which is super dirty, uh, dirty and, play. And the thing she does to McLagan causes him to fail at going through a door later in the day. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a serious thing she did. Uh-huh. Yeah, which made me wonder how do how did they the wizard powers that be decide which are the unforgivable curses because confunding somebody that could be like a serious crime right like you could kill somebody that way like you could confund them before they get on their broomstick or something you know well, clearly this is a forgivable curse right? I, I guess it is but like who I mean, gets to decide that. Curses. Yeah, and probably also, the ministry, right? So, like at, at like the Quidditch World Cup, for instance, there were I think they said like ten thousand wizards there. Really, there was nobody in the crowd who was trying to conf- do a confunding charm on anybody. Maybe it all assume- cancels each other out. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just confunded all the time. Yeah, I, I I would assume that in a in a in a major sporting event like that, they probably have some sort of like wizard shield around the whole damn thing. You know mm, what I mean? Because yeah, because like yeah, there'd be a lot of people trying to get involved if you. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, this is a smart play on Hermione's part, though, because she knows that the path to success is to get in with the Weasley crime syndicate, right? And she's like, hey, you know, help uh, help a Weasley succeed, then they owe you a favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? A Weasley always pays his debts. That's right. <laughs> As the old saying goes. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. that just it just brings up a lot of questions, too. Like, I'm still kind of fixated on this. Or, like, you know, it's illegal to use Felix Felicis for a sporting event. Uh-huh. If you do use mm-hmm. it, like, are there wizarding tests, like wizarding doping tests? And also, if you do cheat, so. what it happens? Must be. You, do you, you have go- to, like, wizard pee in a wizard cup so they can <laughs> Is wizard, wizard test ping you for- different than regular ping? Uh, I think we know it is, Alice. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> they pee out their wands instead of out their other parts. Oh, that'd be convenient. <laughs> Everyone knows that. It is the whole point. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to undress. You just, like, you know, pee out your wands. It's really mm-hmm. easy. But anyway, it I works see. out really well because Ron is once again the keeper. Yeah, I I thought this was doubly a little odd because Connor McLagan seems like Hermione's type. Really? Because she liked Chrome. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. She likes big kind of monosyllabic Quidditch players. I don't know if he's really monosyllabic, though. He seems kind of braggy. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying mean thing about Chrome and... <laughs> Uh, McLagan. They're both jocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this is this has got to be your type, right? Strapping yeah. sports lads. She's not into this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. She's the the smarty all in the book, so she'd be into the jock. Opposites attracting and whatnot. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, like you said, Hagrid's been being a kind of a dick. But they go and visit him and kind of smooth things over. And they find out that Aragog, the enormous murderous spider, is dying. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to like, oh, no, that's that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, the, the spider that tried to kill us that one time. Yeah. Too bad. I think one of my absolute favorite ongoing jokes of the entire series is how Hagrid always thinks that the people around him are just as devastated or entranced or whatever it is by animals than they actually are. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Aragog is like a pretty cool creature, just, you know, also murderous. That's all. You know? Yeah. He did try to kill Ron and Harry a few years ago. I mean, the spider's got to eat, right? Like, if you're a spider that big, there's not that many options. Humans look pretty palatable, I imagine. Right. And how many chances do you get to eat a succulent wizarding student? I mean, I it mean, depends. You got to jump on that, right? It depends yeah. how often people get detention, you know? Apparently, <laughs> Dumbledore just point. sends them in the forest all the time. <laughs> That's a good point. 
there's a there's a little funny like throwaway thing here on page uh, 231. Uh, even if you applied for time turners, we couldn't have done, said Hermione. We smashed the entire stock of ministry time turners when we were there last summer. It was in the Daily Prophet. It's like <laughs> J.K. Rowling reiterating. <laughs> so uh, in case anyone's curious, yes, they're all gone, guys. Yeah. Hermione looks at the camera and says, there are no more time turners in the whole world. <laughs> That's canon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were made with a rare element that was mined to uh, to extinction. And then we smashed all of that element when we smashed all the time turners in all of the world in this cabinet. <laughs> so no more time turners, guys. That's mm-hmm. canon. Yep. I think that was pretty funny. Like, J.K. Rowling just wanted to remind us. Yeah. And we're going to make that real obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, we get confirmation that of our suspicions. Like, I think it was suspected that Hermione did it. And then we get confirmation. Then Slughorn uh, recruits Hermione, too, which is like, you know, he knows, right? He knows yeah. what's up. Yeah. You know, I I thought there was something a little odd here because Hermione is is MVP of the school, right? This is She is the best student in, in the entire, entire grade, in all grades, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But Ron Weasley is connected. Mm-hmm. He's connected everywhere, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his dad's a high up uh, climbing government official. His brother's in the bank. His other brother's a dragon tamer. His other brother's in government. Uh, his other brothers are weapons manufacturers. <laughs> uh-huh. If one were cynical, <laughs> one might say that higher ups, for instance, Dumbledore have deliberately tried to downplay what the Weasley family actually is so that people don't recognize how powerful they actually are. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. That is what Slughorn gets is a bunch of celebrities, basically. Yes. Right? Yeah. People that don't necessarily have the real juice. Yeah. And he's kind of been out of the loop. So maybe he just doesn't know that, you know, oh, there's this poor family and they have a bunch of kids and they sure are nice, but nobody's going to ever go very far. You know, but you know who he does have is Ginny. He's already got a Weasley. He doesn't need two. Yeah, oh, he's got the better know, Weasley. Is, yeah, exactly. He's point. like, there's two Weasleys I can pick from. Well, sorry, Ron. Yeah, that totally <laughs> I don't need two Weasleys. Ginny is like a at least a tier two Weasley. Yeah, yeah, way better than Ron. Yeah. I think it is a mistake on his part though, because if he's trying to recruit Harry Potter, he should be bringing along Harry Potter's, you know, best friends. Yeah, that's a good point because I mean, her. Uh, sorry, Harry's barely gone to these Slughorn parties, and I think it's mostly because of Ron. If Slughorn had recruited Ron, he'd be at every one of these damn events. I bet mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, missed opportunity, but you know, Slughorn's uh, maybe not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also learned that uh, Harry did successfully sick his police buddies on the Malfoys. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he had, mm-hmm. had their house raided for like the second time in two weeks. You mm-hmm. know, some people might call that harassment, but there was I mean, a confidential in, tip, in, right? In so, America, uh, that's like a lethal attack, right? He had them swatted. Exactly. <laughs> like this is wizard swatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, nothing was found. So I guess uh, guess they're on the up and up. Which is disappointing, not because um, the Malfoys are bad people and they obviously do have things and deserve to be punished and found out, but because... For once in his fucking life, Harry Potter told an adult about what his concerns were, you know, but, uh-huh. yeah. and they were followed through, but Mr. Weasley didn't find anything, which was a disappointment. Oh, yeah. Well, it said in the paper that they didn't find anything. That's a good point. That's what the public knows. You know, Mr. Mr. Uh, Weasley might be taking some kickbacks from the Malfoys. They're rich. You know, uh, oh, I, I don't mean, see like- anything there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everything looks fine to me. Oh, I was distracted by this big bag of gold that's like weighing down my eyes. Oh, no, Harry. (laughs) I just thought it was time to buy a new second magic wizard car. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we round out the chapter with Harry spending some time with Snape, presumably to identify weaknesses, I assume. Because at this point, it's like go time, right? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Snape is dark arts professor, so it's like... All, uh, all bets are off. That's right. Yeah, like the Red Bull in front of the flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry's been training for this for half of his life at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Every year at Hogwarts has been about for this. Has been planning for this moment, right? Yeah. That's why the title fight. That yeah, Dumbledore finally decided Harry was ready after five years of warm ups. Put <laughs> so he put Snape in the DA position. Yeah. yeah. You can take him now. Chapter twelve: Silver and Opals. 
so the Half Blood Prince, his, the uh, the book, it's not only filled with um, ways to suggestions for improvements to the potions. It's also filled with spells, which sounds yeah. very suspicious. Yeah, right. This is this is uh, this is interesting. And also, so I wanted to ask: they talk about things like jinxes and hexes and curses and charms. Do we know what the difference between those different things are? Because like charm, they seem to have a clear delineation, right? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I know. I know a charm is a magical spell that's performed on something that's already there. So, like, if okay. I wanted to levitate my, you know, your cup, that would be a charm. Okay. Um, and um, I don't know the difference between jinxes and hexes, though. And curses. I, and I guess curses. Because they all seem to be in the same category. I guess curses seem like they're the worst kind. But I don't know. Yeah. I just noticed that he was listing these spells that he's seen in there. And he's like, a jinx that does this and a hex that does this. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is the difference between these things? Hmm. Yeah, there's a, a hex that causes toenails to grow alarmingly fast. And a jinx that glues the tongue of the to the roof of the mouth. And I was just like, huh. You may- Maybe it's about what? severity. Which one of those is worse? The, the tongue having thing. Your, the tongue thing is worse than the having your nails grow really fast? Well, I mean, yeah, the nails fast. I mean, the nails thing is, by definition, alarming. Uh, <laughs> and it makes me wonder if, like, different people who are, like, more or less sanguine about the speed of their nails growing the, might have a different effect from that jinx, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So I looked it up. Thank you, okay. Internet. A jinx is... It's a spell affiliated with dark magic, but it's the least damaging. It's usually just a minor inconvenience and is usually amusing. Uh Um, A hex is darker and can cause a major inconvenience like the bat bogey hex. And then a curse is the worst kind, which is intended to harm, control, or even kill. Oh, okay. So it's a a matter of severity. So in this case, Jeff, you were incorrect. The (laughs) The nail growing is a hex and the tongue... Glued to the roof of the mouth is a jinx. So, well, you glued to the roof of your mouth. You can't talk. You can barely eat. That's super bad. Uh, well, I mean, apparently it's not as bad as having your nails grow alarmingly fast. I guess not. I don't know. I just feel like having your nails grow alarmingly fast could be an advantage sometimes. If you're, if you're digging, you're like a. <laughs> <laughs> you're okay, trying yeah, to dig. I think that's the one time. Combat, you know, hand to hand combat. Fast uh, nails could be super yeah. useful. Okay, maybe those are the two times. So you're doing like a Wolverine uh, cosplay. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, his his uh, adamantium claws come out between his knuckles, Alice. Mm. They do not come out from the tips of his fingers. He could like go, you know, like put his fingers on top of the knuckles. I don't know. Oh man, I, I didn't think of that either. You guys are just schooling me. <laughs> Look, Jeff. The point is, this is actually this is this is probably not even this is probably like a uh, what are they? What's the what's the good version of a jinx? What's the a charm? Wait, is that yeah. a, no? It's not a charm. Would it be a charm? And then like, and then the the Wolverine costume. People are like, "That's a really great costume," but those claws came out alarmingly fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you, Alice, for clarifying that. It's something I was curious about, and uh, I'm glad that you were able to to tell us. Yes, thank you, Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, and and in, on the same on the the subject of the Half Blood Prince, now Harry thinks that his dad could be the Half-Blood Prince for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that the Half-Blood Prince is Snape. Why is that? Why do you think that? Because Snape is good at potions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snape was like a loner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snape is a Half-Blood, isn't he? Actually, I, don't, I forgot. Is he? I have, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, like Half-Blood Prince is kind of like a douchey thing that, that young greasy-haired Snape would have called himself in his private you know, journals. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, and, uh, but also just that it knows like this is like a master of potions and a master of dark magic. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean that makes sense. And yeah. I also think Snape is Harry Potter's real dad. Oh man, that would make so. Oh much my sense. god, that would be amazing. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. You have to wait you, and see, Jeff. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Snape is Harry Potter's dad, and that, I, and that's why Snape hates him so much because Snape hates himself. Aw, mm. that's true. He left Harry's mom. Um, but Hermione is quite right to be suspicious of the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, Harry, in not his brightest move ever, decides to randomly try one of the um, curses, not curses, like a jinx or a hex, something more minor that is yeah. written in the book. And he ends up dangling Ron from his feet, which Hermione points out is how the Death Eaters dangled the, that muggle family um, Ooh, at the Quidditch yeah. World Cup. So. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it was definitely like 
it was range unsafe to start firing off random spells that you read in a book in your dorm room, just pointing at the ceiling. Uh, uh-huh. Right. Like you don't know what that does. Uh, okay. Hold on. Actually. I mean, anyone with a basic understanding of Latin could probably figure out what that does. <laughs> That's true. But the but, school doesn't teach Latin. No, they don't. <laughs> That's, a That's a good point. point. Why do they not teach Latin? They very really useful. should. They probably would learn a lot of new spells if they learned. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, there you go. Yeah. Love the corpus. But I mean, yeah, does spell corp- totally works? Yeah, it does. So that's a that's a useful one to know, I guess. But anyway, it's uh, time to visit Hogsmeade. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, on the way out, Slughorn like corners Harry because he's pursuing Harry very aggressively. I have to say, like I, to the point that I was like, is Slughorn a Death Eater? Like, is he like I I, I I don't remember at this point. It's been a long time. But like, yeah, he was being very aggressive in pursuing Harry. Like, hey, when are you going to come to my party? Hey, I need to talk to you. You know, it's just it's a little weird, right? Nah, he's just a social climber type. And Harry, Harry's at a, an opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, it, Harry's, you know, he's the, the most famous kid at the school, right? And he's also extremely wealthy and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Twice over now. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has Two a cool house where the pictures scream at you all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. And there's heads on the walls. Uh, yeah. The. But they get to Hogsmeade, and it turns out that Mundungus, speaking of Harry's second home, uh, Mundungus has been stealing from Grimmauld's place. Oh, yeah. I kind of thought Harry was thinking about killing him right there. Like, the, he, he mm-hmm. grabs him, pushes him up against the wall, and puts his wand in his face. I was like, is Harry about to murk this guy? Yeah, like, damn, Harry. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, he seemed like he was pretty worked up, and... Ron and Hermione were like, no, Harry, don't do it, because they thought he was going to kill that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't find out, because Mundungus apparates out of there, uh, but it seemed like Mundungus was like not in a good situation just then. No. Yeah. Harry's been very aggro this whole book. Mm-hmm. He has, hasn't he? Also, can we talk... So, so immediately after that ha- happens, Tonks just appears there all of a sudden, right? Can we talk about that? Because I remember earlier on, I said this thing about having the ministry just assign some random invisible watcher to Harry. I was joking, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like Tonks was there. Cause this is Tonks the second time she's randomly showed up too. remember. She rescued him on the train when he was uh-huh. invisible exactly. and petrified. This, uh-huh. this whole interaction with Tonks triggered my, my, what do you call it? My sensors, my spidey sense, mm-hmm. because you know, she just appears and says, you know, watch it, Harry. And Harry's like, uh, Okay. And then Harry walks away, and that's, that's the end of the interaction. Like, mm-hmm. Why was she there? Why, why was did, she, she there? She didn't follow up. She didn't have a conversation with him. Nope. She's she just, just there. watched him go into the pub. I assume that uh, that Tonks is, is on security detail for the – because they mentioned there's a whole bunch of oars around. But she does seem to be conveniently present uh, right when it, uh, it is surprising to be so. Yeah. So Tonks can change her appearance, assuming this is Tonks, which I don't think it is. Because uh-huh. Patronus – yeah, and, and because she hasn't been changing her appearance and her personality is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this is somebody, either she's Imperius cursed or she's uh, polyjuiced mm-hmm. into this person, what the fuck ever. Because uh-huh. uh, that happened before, too. Uh, but, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so since if this is Tonks, then she could be any of these people around Harry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's true. She could be Hermione. No, Hermione Dumbledore's Hermione. No, no, you're right. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Dumbledore is Tonks and Hermione. (laughs) Have we ever seen Tonks and Dumbledore in the same room at the same time? I think so, yes. But still. (laughs) Dumbledore could do that. But we haven't seen Tonks, Hermione, and Dumbledore in the same room at the same time. That's That's right. right. Because Dumbledore can only do two bodies at once. (laughs) As we all know. Yeah, the the wizard limit, two Mm -hmm. bodies. (laughs) Right, but they're returning to the castle, and Katie Bell, who's one of the Quidditch players, is in front of them, and she's having an argument with a friend, and she is horribly cursed. Yeah, I was like, did Katie Bell just catch a wizard bullet meant for Harry? Like, you know, it, yeah, this maybe. is kind of wild. I mean, yeah, she might have. They, She's arguing with her friend about something, and she, t- it's a... Um, Hagrid shows up out of nowhere and takes her up to the castle because she's ah screaming and 
not yeah, not doing so good. Yeah, it's very creepy. Um, yeah. But they recognize it. It's an opal necklace she was holding that cursed her. And it's the same one that we saw a few years ago at that um, Borgen and Burks, the, the dark magic shop on... Um, Oh my God! Not Diagon Alley. What's the name of the other street? Nocturne. Noc- yeah. Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is uh, more <laughs> fuel for Harry's theory that Malfoy is responsible, even though uh, he didn't buy it at the time. Mm-hmm. But still, you know. Yeah, Katie picked it up in the bathroom at the Three Broomsticks and was bringing it back to the castle for someone. Yeah, it's interesting. As, yeah. as as somebody who loves opals above all other types of um, jewelry, I was very bummed that it was cursed because that sounded like a sick necklace. I know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'd wear that. Mm-hmm. that. That's what makes such a good cursed target. No one can resist. <laughs> well, yeah, it's right. funny because opals are associated with bad luck. So that was kind of a fun choice on her oh. part. Oh, I didn't know that. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, with the necklace in hand, as they're making their way up to school, McGonagall flags them through the security checkpoint, right? Yeah. So if one were clever, one might try to use this opportunity to mule something into the school, just saying, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Make a disturbance at airport security <laughs> and sneak past the gate. Yeah. The, the cursed opal was just so they could smuggle something in off their butts, <laughs> probably. But Harry tells McGonagall his suspicions about Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, this is two for two, right? Yeah. Harry actually tells another adult about his theory, which, okay, now his theory at this point does sound kind of fucking crazy, but, you know, McGonagall doesn't call him a fucking idiot and laugh him out of the room, so, like, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. It's true, yeah. I mean, the, their main counter-argument that people seem to have is, like, you know, this hinges on Malfoy carrying out some uh, complicated plot in total secrecy and he does not have the capacity to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> for a lot of reasons right like not good at keeping secrets not particularly competent you know he's kind of an asshole yeah like his hobby is telling his secrets to his henchmen <laughs> that's a good point and uh apparently he was also doing detention with mcgonagall right at the time uh yes yeah oh Drake, was. yeah he was doing it at the at that time so good deniability so, there that's true yeah Mm-hmm. And so I assume this was for Harry, but they make a pretty good, solid point about being like, if it were for Harry, they could have just given it to him outside the school. Right. So it makes me wonder who is Nick is actually for. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's it, it's if it's not Harry, it's Dumbledore. Right. Like, who else would you want to would you want to poison or curse rather? I just yeah, but does Dumbledore really like opals? I I haven't heard him talk about it. I know he likes socks. If you wanted to get Dumbledore a really comfy pair of cursed war, warm woolen socks would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm saying. sure Malfoy went into Borton and Bortle and Burks and said, "Okay, what have you got in the form of a cursed sock? <laughs> yeah, as as attractive a sock as possible." And they're probably like, "Oh, we got this oval necklace, kid. Sorry." Oh well. Yeah. Oval opals. Yeah, oval opal necklace. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dumbledore's pretty flamboyant. He might enjoy it. Oh, I, I mean, I would wear it. I mean, absolutely. But, you know, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Chapter 13, The Secret Riddle. Harry has his next meeting with Dumbledore. And we find out more. We find yeah, out. Yeah, it's another jam your face in the wizard water adventure. <laughs> yeah, I got to assume that Dumbledore has done the calculations and realized that no matter what happens this year, Harry's going to stick his face in there. He's going to see those memories. <laughs> so he may as well just do it by appointment. I, around. <laughs> I think that Dumbledore could have actually shown Harry these memories a lot of different ways, but he knows this is what Harry goes for. So he's just like, it's fine. Just right, jam your like face if, in the bucket again. Like if he sat there and said, well, here's the history of Voldemort. Harry's like eyes would glaze over and he'd be like thinking about Quidditch. <laughs> like instead of Dumbledore is like, Here's the thing you need to stick your head in. <laughs> Harry's gonna do it. Yeah, he you could like literally show him, him, literally show him videos. But no, <laughs> gotta do the pensive. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We find out that Voldemort's mother, Merope, was abandoned while she was pregnant in London, and she sold Slytherin's locket out of desperation. It's just, it's just a really sad story. I mean, yeah, like screw I know her. she was kind of. Yeah, like, exactly. She's not like a good person, right? Like no. you have to keep in mind what she did to that, uh, you know, Voldemort's dad. But it's hard not to feel some sympathy for her because like, you know, knowing where she came from, 
knowing like the kind of life she's had and knowing where she ended up, it's 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 definitely like kind of a sad story. Yeah, it's definitely a, there are no winners here kind of story. Yeah. Except yeah, for right. the guy who owns Borgen and Burks because he buys it for her for a pittance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is the best deal he's he's ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learned that. And then, then they actually go into the Pensieve and we see the first time Dumbledore meets Tom Riddle, which is when he was at a Muggle orphanage. Did anyone else get the Professor Xavier vibe from the scene with Dumbledore at the orphanage? How so? <laughs> he just like yeah. he rolls in there. He's like, I uh, <clears throat> I'm here for uh, with a special invitation to a special school, and uh, you know, it's uh, for people with special gifts and talents. It's like, yeah, okay, it's very right, yeah, very a very special school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, I liked how the the head of the orphanage it, it initially was rightfully suspicious <laughs> of this mm-hmm. old man in the purple suit that walked in and said, I'd like one of your children. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't think I'm going to give you one of my kids. And he's like, well, why don't we discuss that with my lawyer, Mr. Jin? <laughs> Dr. Jin, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to get you drunk. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, she, she uh, w- with a little bit of gin in her, she loosens up about like the, the, the history of Tom Riddle. And it sounds like he was kind of a shithead from the start, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I mean, this is kind of a theme. This is, you know, I used to complain about this a lot in the early books of this uh, series. Uh, this is what J.K. Rowling is saying here is that evil is in the blood. Right? Kind of, yeah. Because look how Harry Potter was raised. He was raised in the most horrible way that would almost be guaranteed in the real world to raise a damaged psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like a very noble person. Right? He's got a, like a real strong sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and Tom Riddle was raised in this orphanage, which is poor, but actually seems to be well run. He seems to be, you know, pretty, pretty well loved for an orphan. Uh, there's a lot of people his age that he can, you know, socialize with. He has no reason to be like an evil pill, except he's got a bloodline that is evil. Okay, that's an extremely good point. Yeah, because I mean, like, there's, there, yeah, that, that's that's an interesting, an interesting dichotomy comparing these two characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Merope, I was actually thinking of this when you guys were talking, like her upbringing is much more closer to Harry Potter's upbringing than it is to Tom Riddle's upbringing. Yeah. You know, she was in an abusive household, right? Where she was never respected and, you know, had no, and had to escape basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but she, of course, Merope, unlike Harry Potter, turns out to be evil. She doesn't turn out to be evil. Well, actually, no, she does. Yeah. Trying to drug, drugging somebody like that is evil. Yeah. Pathetic and evil. Yeah. Yeah, but Tom Riddle, like, what? I mean, yeah, there's, I don't see any other explanation than, than yeah. it's genetic or wizard genetics, whatever wizards have for genes. Mm-hmm. I think Dumbledore does say something along the lines of that the um, oh, what, what the Gaunts were they had a they were unstable, and he he has he he says something about them back in the previous chapter when when we meet the family that he knew them, but they were they were. Yeah, they had a streak of insanity well. because they, which wasn't helped by them being super inbred. Yeah, I think you said that's right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So it's interesting. It is interesting. That's a uh, good point. Yeah. Either way, Dumbledore uh, must have known what a nightmare he was, right? Like this, there, there's just everything that this kid says is red flags, right? This is like kind <laughs> yeah. of like meeting baby Hitler or something, right? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the headmaster was like, you know, I mean, there was that time that somebody hung this other kid's rabbit and we couldn't prove it was him, but we know it was him. And like he went into that cave with these two other kids and like messed them up real bad. Um, that's what that that's what's up with that kid. And Dumbledore was like, oh, yeah, yeah how about that? I'll still take him. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it just, yeah, the, like and even Dumbledore. In, yeah, even in Tom Riddle's demeanor. You know, he's like, yes, with the power you will give me, I will make sure that everybody feels pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like, well, we don't, we don't really do that kind of thing. And, and Tom Riddle's like, oh, yeah, I was joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I won't do that either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I will use the power like to said, not sir. torture people. And then Dumbledore's yeah. like, here's some money. Here's how you get into Diagon Alley. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so Dumbledore's weird. Like, well, that checks out. It's so weird that Dumbledore lets him do that. Because Dumbledore offers to take him to Diagon Alley when it comes time for school to start to help him shop and everything. Because this kid has never been any in 
a situation like that ever. He has no idea where it is. And he doesn't go with him. And I don't understand why. I think that Dumbledore, I think there's a couple things going on here. First of all, Dumbledore is much younger at this point. Like he's, he's not the Dumbledore that we know. Right. Sure. So he, he well, made only it. relatively, right? Well, he, I think he was at, like, he still had, he didn't he, have any gray, he, gray he hair. He's still so like a hundred years old at this point, right? No, this no, was I think about, so. I think it was about 50 years ago. So he would have so been, he and he's 110 ish now. So he would have been about 60. I thought oh, okay. Voldemort was a classmate of Harry's parents. No, no. Voldemort came way before that. He just didn't rise to power until later. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. He, yeah, he didn't go straight yeah, from Yeah, I thought all Hogwarts that Tom Riddle stuff happened time. in Harry's parents' time. No, that like happened Snape in and... Hagrid's time. Which was oh. which was several decades before Harry, uh, before the Marauders, oh. and Snape. And I know that Dumbledore was young enough that he didn't have graying hair. He, he they said his hair was like rich in auburn. Mm-hmm. So I know, I don't know. Probably I would yeah. say may, he might even have been in his thirties. I'm not sure. But anyway, he was a lot younger, so he maybe he didn't have yeah. the experience yet. Um, I mean, maybe I he was in his that- Dumble forties. <laughs> Dumble forties. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I think also he may have actually suspected something was up because I believe before this time he's mentioned that he always kind of kept an eye on Voldemort but kind of felt sorry for him, was hoping he could like turn him around. Mm -hmm. Just didn't end up working out, you know? Yeah. I think Uh Dumbledore was suspicious and concerned about him, but he's like, you know, he didn't know he was going to become the the most dangerous and deadly wizard of all time, right? If one were cynical Mm -hmm. and one wanted to extrapolate from how this whole – evil lord situation has catapulted Dumbledore into power. Uh-huh. One might think that he was grooming this particular sort of person. He was looking for the type of person that could become uh, an evil dark lord that uh, the, the people would have to come to, you know, the, the most powerful and respected wizard around who just so happens to know that dark lord intimately. <laughs> That's a good point. The one person that Voldemort's afraid of, or so everyone says. Right. Yeah. Who, who, where did that, that, that line come from? Who said that first? I imagine Dumbledore said it. <laughs> if one were cynical. If, if one, one were cynical. cynical. Yeah. Uh, so, so throughout this, uh, at the end, Dumbledore's like, so here's what we've learned. Voldemort wants to be special. He doesn't want friends and he likes tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude could never resist a snow globe with the Eiffel Tower in it. Just remember that. <laughs> remember that, Harry. He likes snow globes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's what we that's what we get out of that get out of that meeting there. Mm-hmm. Chapter fourteen, Felix Felicis. I love their herbology class. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I know uh, this this like nightmarish stump that they're they're trying to harvest mm-hmm. things for, right? Like, uh-huh. it's, uh, yeah, they, they have to like beat it into submission, and they're not even too worried about it. Yeah, this is just what it's like in herbology. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Like this is not, like like this thing. This thing sounds like something out of a horror movie, and they're just like, eh, you know, that's how you get the little pustule things out of it. <laughs> but over this, I do believe I detect an air of romance. Oh yeah, uh, you know, in between them getting slapped in the face by these like spiny tentacles and somebody getting their arm caught in its like uh, pod orifice, <laughs> there's some romance blooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this chapter was hard to read because my eyes were rolling so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You got to be careful. You got to stretch before you read these books, Jeff. You might sprain something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, Hermione and Ron, uh, the embers of true love, are are fanning mm-hmm. in their hearts. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Like Hermione's the kindling, and Ron is the spark. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but it's a star-crossed uh, love because they're both too stupid to uh, mention it to each other. Uh huh. I mean, they uh-huh. are like fifteen. Yeah, I mean, like, I I think I was like this in high school. We've been saying this, like, every season. Well, they're still young and dumb. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, they've, like, Hermione has had, like, I would say that Victor Crumb relationship was too serious, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's usually the emotionally mature one, right? I'm not sure that she's doing. I don't know. No, 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 I, I think that, I think that, I'm not sure that she did anything wrong here. I think if you were emotionally mature and you were trying to go after someone like Ron, you have to go about it real indirectly because, you know, who the fuck knows what he's thinking, right? Like he's, he's kind of oh, a dumbass. Are you kidding? He's like as deep as a rain puddle. <laughs> Everybody knows what he's thinking. No, no. I mean, I, it's more just like, what's the right way to approach him? 
what you do to, what you say, Ron, do you want to go to the Christmas party or whatever the hell they were arguing about with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's I, I, like, what, uh, uh, me? Uh, t- uh, geez, golly. And she's like, uh, yeah, you. And, and don't make me regret it. You know, I, I know. You'd be nicer. <laughs> I, I feel like she was working up to that. And that's like what, what this conversation was. Like, that was where she was going with it. And he was like, oh, you know, fuck you. And he's, she's like, wait, hold on. Wait. I was going to ask you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, like it's all thrown off because, uh, you know, they come across... I guess Ginny making out with uh, Dean, right? Dean mm-hmm. Thomas. And uh, Ron handles it very poorly. Like, look, Ron, mm-hmm. I get it. It's hard when everyone else is getting it but you. But look, being a dick about it is only going to make things worse. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's true. Just try to be happy for your younger sister. Yeah. Can, okay. Is Does anyone else have trouble with the word snogged? Like, I feel like snogged is a really <laughs> unpleasant way to describe kissing. Like, I kind of – I love that it's word, It's Britishy. <laughs> That whole conversation, like, oh, I snogged this person, and then then they snogged this person. I was like, quit saying that word. (laughs) Snogged. Why are you so racist against the British? Uh, Because they are disgusting, uh, poorly toothed imperialists. (laughs) Yeah, and they never bathe. (laughs) British people smell bad. That's why. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. We just lost our Patreons from England. (laughs) It's all the tea they drink. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, it makes them smell like that. (laughs) Look, I don't want to be racist, but these are all my opinions about British people. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I'm just kidding. I I like drinking drinking tea, and British people are fine. (laughs) Except for their funny accents and the stupid words snogged. It's better now. <laughs> Got it, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, I, but yeah, Harry's guess, super. He realizes he's like super, super into Ginny. Yes. Yeah, I he mean, has the like blossoming seems, Fox the Phoenix of love in his heart mm-hmm. for Ginny Weasley. <laughs> she seems cool, I guess. Like, whatever. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think she's uh, real cool, actually. Yeah. And know? she's on top of her shit. She's into Quidditch. Like, she, she's actually a pretty good match for Harry. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. How how much younger is she than he is? Just one not year, much, right? One year, yeah. yeah so it's not that's she's nothing. Like fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that's in bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of Quidditch, <laughs> Harry's having a rough time as team captain because you know, like one of his players nearly dies, and now he's in this really difficult position. I feel bad for Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is a really hard time for him. Yeah, really inconvenient of Katie Bell to have gotten cursed to the point that she almost died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Malf- uh, the, in that first match, Malfoy is missing, which is pretty suspicious. No, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, but before that, right, Ron's having a rough time mm-hmm. and Harry really wants to win. So he's like, oh, yeah, you just try a little bit of wizard doping, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Harry Potter and the performance enhancing substances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm impressed that that he apparently turns to blatant cheating before the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and this is blatant cheating because Slughorn said specifically this is not allowed for sporting events. Like it was on the list of two things you're not supposed to use it for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, but the, the match goes exceptionally well. Like Ron is acing everything and. They seemingly have a lot of really, like, fortunate things. Yeah, like uh, two, at least, of the enemy team, the Slytherins, uh, are put out of action by bad things happening to them, which I wonder if the potion makes that happen? Could it? Like, could it retroactively, could it travel back in time? Like, yeah, well, there, there are time powers in this world, so yeah, there are, like, yeah. You, you drink it and it goes back and changes causality and makes someone break their ankle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not out, out of the realm of the possible in the, the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, none of it matters because the game is once again decided by who gets the snitch. Yeah, it's funny because they're they're actually about to lose anyway, despite all this stuff, right? And then Harry just res- resorts to some poor sportsmanship. Like, he's shit-talking the guy who's about to get the Quidditch, <laughs> and he's like, oh, now I got it. Or not the Quidditch, the snitch. Sorry, I have trouble with sports words. Uh, so they, 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 uh, they use shit-talking to eke out a win. Right, yeah. He, he plays head games. Yeah, I know. You know, that's that's real. He's a real baller now, you know? That's true. That's he's, how you play. a total game package. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, it, you know, we do, in fact, learn that Harry didn't 
use the potion after all. It was like one of those uh, after school specials where the doping was inside of Ron all along. (laughs) 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 And I made sure that to pretend to dope him in front of you, Hermione, because I knew you would rat me out. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? You know, Uh, it works. Or he did. Or he did use the potion, and this is just like a fake that he's got the the vial now. Oh yeah, double blind. Mm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then we yeah. but but uh, we get we get back to the Gryffindor Tower, and Ron is making out with Lavender. <sighs> this is so frustrating. Ron is going to blow his chance with Hermione if he doesn't cut this shit out. And frankly, she is way too good for him. Like she could do so much better. I'm- Ron needs to be. On this. I mean, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? And, like, Lavender is right there and, you know, ready. And when you're 16, like. Whoa. Alice, she's what? 15. Don't be talking about Sorry. birds in bushes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Inappropriate. I, I, I'm down with this. I think that Lavender Brown is more his speed. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I think that for for Ron's purposes, like, Lavender Brown is probably about where he should be. But Hermione is what he could have. And like, frankly, if if he's you know, if he's trying to ace the well, you know what? He's not the best Weasley. He's not the best Weasley, right? If he were mm-hmm. like grade A Weasley material, he'd be like, all right, I'm gonna get with Hermione because she's gonna be, she's gonna have power, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. If Hermione had been in Bill Weasley's year, they wouldn't be having this fluor problem now. <laughs> that's, right. that's a good point. Yeah. And case in point, Hermione has learned how to like conjure attack birds, right? So mm-hmm. just yeah. better check yourself, dude. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you rather she be doing that at somebody else and not you? I mean, wouldn't right. you rather she be doing that at your enemies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hermione's somebody you want to be on the good side of, and he's fucking all that up. But this also clears the flight path for Harry to get in there. Uh huh. Hermione, his other best friend, right? The uh, one that, that shut Harry up. and Hermione that he might want to have sex with. Mm-hmm. That makes way more sense, right? Yeah, Harry and Hermione, right? right? You know, like one night they're they're they're. Alone in the common room together, you know, things might happen. Who knows? Well, hold on. I mean, it's Hermione. They're studying, you know. They're in the library, okay? <laughs> Let's right, be honest yeah. here, Alice. <laughs> yeah. They're alone in the library together. It's Hermione. She's right, too yeah, good they, for either of them. Like, he's yeah. reaching over to grab one of her notes, and she's reaching across him to, like, correct one of his pieces of homework. <laughs> and their their faces are right next to each other. And uh, he gets uh, his glasses caught in her hair. <laughs> 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 this is like a 90s movie going on here. And she's going to like take off her glasses because they get caught in her hair or something. Right, yeah. She's really beautiful. Yeah, she shakes her hair back and he's like, whoa. Yeah. So, so okay, who is good enough for Hermione? Like, we, we at this point, we know most of the people at the school. Like, I guess we could have said like Cedric Diggory, right? Like, he was yeah. like a top of his class, like attractive dude. But now he's dead, right? So... So who else is like grade A like dating material for somebody like Hermione who's like in in real? terms of like her setting herself up well in life? Yeah. Harry Potter, right? Yeah. He's rich, he's famous, uh he has he, they they get along well together. Uh but in terms of somebody who actually is her equal, right? Yeah. I can't think of anybody. You know, yeah. here's the thing, right? Like for Hermione's purposes, nobody, right? She doesn't need to get hooked up with anyone at this school. These are Maybe. all fucking idiots. I've, she okay. needs to get the fuck out of the school and then go find somebody real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. She needs to go to wizard college. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's going to go graduate and then she's going to like, then she's going to meet people who are actually like. I do know, do we know any Ravenclaw dudes? Uh, um, not very many. Yeah. Just a, a few. I mean, there might be some great guys over there. Or who knows? I mean, maybe even Neville. Like he's from a really good family. Yeah, but he's kind of a fuck up. I mean, like, he's good at some things, right? Like, he's really good at herbology, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go with, like, a clumsy guy uh, mm-hmm. that that has weaknesses that Hermione's going to make up for, you may as well go with Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, hear me out. Okay. Okay, all right. Luna Lovegood. Yeah. All right. She. Yeah. Because... First of all, her flaws are not things that Hermione has to make up for. Right. But she also has strengths where that Hermione does not have. Mm. Like? Among the few, right? We're going to see, actually, in a later chapter that Luna is the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, that's like, a good point. Like, mm-hmm. I think, that's a good point. 
like she shows up to that party and she's like engaging everybody in conversation. Everybody likes her. She's diffusing uh, harsh situations. She's wearing an amazing tinselly gown that just is like the coolest thing there. Uh huh. So she and she like socially, she's just incredibly warm and likable, right? Oh. And, and she's smart too. Like Luna, Luna yeah, she's is not a Ravenclaw, stupid, not at all. Yeah. She's a good. Student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like spacey, but she's very intelligent. Yeah, I right. that Whereas makes Hermione, sense. Hermione right. is super logical and practical. Luna Lovegood is, is creative and, and non-linear. Uh, but they both are, have similar strengths in terms of academics and, and mental faculties, you know? I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. I totally could. Yeah, that'd be a power couple, i, I got to say. Yeah, I love that. They're both uh, – I think neither of them are – what do you call it? I, uh, purebloods or whatever. They're not aristocracy. Mm-hmm. They're both oh, like up-and-comers. Um, Lo- we don't know much Luna about Luna's family, do we? Yeah. I know they're both he's, wizards for sure. Like yeah, he's, he's a tabloid guy, though. Like that, so he's not really like old money. You know? <laughs> no, that's true. Interesting proposal. Yeah, Interesting. It is. Uh, chapter 15, The Unbreakable Vow. Harry's in danger of being roofied. <laughs> I know, right? Like, like Hermione's like, you should watch out because I was just in the bathroom and there were like eight people in there discussing ways to drug you. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, Harry's going to have to have, keep a really close eye on his drinks, otherwise known as every woman's clubbing experience. Yeah. Right. Off. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh. You know what? I was kind of thinking Harry Potter should be plowing these groupies. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Like he's just. Yeah, I mean, why not? I, they're they're not looking to get married. They're just looking. They're just star fuckers, basically. I don't know. No, I, I bet I bet that uh, that they're hoping for romance here. Like they they see her they see Harry as a rising star, and they like I want to I want to saddle that pony. Or I, don't, I mean, maybe some of them are, but that's kind of unrealistic. I think a lot of them just want to you know put the Harry Potter sticker on their you know trapper keeper. <laughs> you know, they're, they they collected that Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, why not? Which, well, I, I, I'm totally down with that, and I'm just thinking Harry Potter should oblige them. Yeah, no, he uh, he's I, maybe he's give just, her some he's attention. Smitten with, he's smitten with Ginny, and so he's like he doesn't feel he doesn't feel right about it, you know. That's true. And yeah, and in true uh, team Harry Potter fashion, he doesn't say anything about it. Uh huh. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know this this Ron Hermione thing. I think Ron does know he's the asshole here. It feels like he's starting to realize that he's being kind of a shithead about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe maybe they're going to find some some resolution because I, I I hate this stuff where they're not talking to each other. It's yeah, yeah. Frustrating. I feel bad for Harry too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, about the drugging, I think Hermione should. She honestly was kind of duty bound to tell those kids that we're going to drug Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That trying to dr- trying to poison Harry Potter <laughs> is a deadly mistake. <laughs> they do not know how close they are to the most extreme consequences if they mess uh-huh. with Harry Potter in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. He he's uh, he's got a history. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you, they don't want to be on his enemies list. That's right. That's true. No. Yeah, they 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 they. I guess they're talking about this in the library, right? And. Um, Madame Pince comes along and sees uh, Harry's book with all the writing in it and kind of goes ballistic. And honestly, I'm kind of with her. Like, what kind of monster <laughs> writes in their books? Go get a journal, you monster. I do. <laughs> Alice, what is wrong with I you? I annotate my books all the time when I was in school. Oh, I do it to oh, my Harry Potter worst. book now. Just Oh, just the worst. Oh, my oh. gosh. Are you the Half-Blood Prince? I am the Half-Blood Prince. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So. But yeah, uh, as as Jeff mentions, uh, Harry decides to to ask Luna out in this 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 really great scene with Luna, where she's Aww. just like imparting her usual usual whimsical wisdom. Yeah, uh, I just feel like Luna and Dumbledore would get along so well because they both talk the same way. That's true. <laughs> maybe Dumbledore's her real father. Oh, oh Dumbledore yeah. is Luna Lovegood. <laughs> or Dumbledore could be Luna Lovegood. That's true. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, like, but it is Harry's very talking sweet. about how she said, "Yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm. Harry's talking about how she says these uncomfortable truths. Truths, but they're like they're kind of just like the, right. sometimes they're just the things you need to hear, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is this is what Luna Lovegood brings to the table, right? She uh-huh. she puts her finger right on the truth, and she's not afraid to say it. Yep, that's right. And as a result, Harry asks her to the party, which is excellent move, by the way. Like 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 you said, Jeff. Luna Lovegood is an excellent party guest. She is never boring. 
Absolutely. Yeah. This, it's this whole series of thing where Harry's like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. And Luna engages all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's great. She is great. And I'm glad he appreciates her. But I just want to go back and say when he asks her to the party, he is very quick to clarify that it's to go as friends. And she says, oh, I'd love to go as friends. And just like heart broke. You know, I know. she just well, wants friends. The girl just wants friends. And she's a sweet person. Really? Oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought she was happy. She, no, no, she, she was is. very happy, but she's, but you know, or we know that when you're like, oh, hey, do you want to go out with me? But like, just as a friend that's saying like, I have no interest in you as a romantic partner, but she wasn't thinking about that. She was just thinking, hey, here's somebody who is saying he wants to be friends with me. Yeah. Cause, cause remember mm-hmm. there's that line that she says where she was hoping that the, the Dumbledore's army classes or whatever would start up again because it was like having friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luna. Yeah. She even mentions it in this in this conversation. She says, I've been a little bit lonely without DA. Yeah. Oh. Because she doesn't have oh, God. I, I'm telling you guys, I would be friends with Luna. Oh. I'd be like, you can you come hang with us. Yeah. You know, fuck all those people. But anyway, Hermione is going to the party too, but she's going with Cormac McClagan to make Ron jealous. Gross. I know. This dude is like, this is the dude with like a temper and apparently he's like super grabby. Oh, she, oh, oh, oh. there's this great, there's this great line where it's something about how Harry is contemplating the depths to which women will go in order to get back at a man. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, because apparently Cormac McLagan is just so terrible. And, you know, like it was a terrible choice. He uh, sexually harasses and even assaults her at the party. Like she shows Apparently. up and like her hair is all disheveled and everything. And like, he's just trying to get his hands on her the whole time. It's really gross. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, I mean, I get that she's trying to, to mess with Ron. And I, I think at this point she is probably regretting her decision. Cause this guy is like terrible. Yeah. She, again, Hermione can do better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. I gotta say Slughorn's party feels really stressful like like if i were there i would be this would be a really stressful party it's like it's crowded with all these celebrities of the wizarding world and like there's not a single pet there to talk to like <laughs> i have a policy that i don't tend to attend parties unless there's at least a cat or a dog in attendance so I talk to them, you know? uh-huh. it's a saying yeah it didn't seem to be any of those at this party yeah yeah so i mean i don't think it's that kind of party it's not the kind of party where you have fun is the kind of party where you go make connections. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I think I'm not a good connections yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, though, speaking of making connections, that Sanguini is the best vampire name I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good name. It is a really good one. Uh, not, uh, not a good name if you want to not be recognized as a vampire. Maybe that's sure. not a problem in this. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. He's not subtle yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his, his buddy who brought him has to, like, has to like head him off from, I guess, feeding on this group of girls nearby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, here, have a have a pasty. <laughs> I guess this vampire can eat food. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She had wanted to. Uh, I'm, I I remember J.K. Rowling talking about this, and she wanted to include vampires in the books, but they are a tradition of Eastern Europe, and she tried to draw from British mythology and folklore. So oh. there's only a few passing mentions, and then the only real vampire who he meets is Sanguini. <laughs> Sanguini. Yeah. And Sanguini's like bored. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like playing. looking at the girls, like wanting to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know living parties were so dumb. Usually we just, it, my party would be a blood orgy by now. <laughs> I know. Right. Like vampires have much better parties, I imagine. <laughs> but to be fair, this is a high school party also. That's, that's a good point. Got to yeah. remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm surprised there weren't girls crying somewhere. I think that's kind of like a rule in every high school party. There have to be girls oh, That's crying. on the stairs. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Or in the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Draco is caught sneaking into the party, which is awkward. Well, he says he's sneaking into the party, but like I, it seems like – because there's a, a line where when Slughorn says he can stay, he looks disappointed. Yes. So I think that was not his intention. But yeah. Either way, yeah, he's been doing something. Something very So, of course, suspicious. Harry's like, time to go sneaking again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that worked out so great last time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have his invisibility cloak, right? No, he does. Yeah, he does. He, mm-hmm. he has it with him all the time now because Dumbledore oh, told him right, to. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah. He's got it in his pocket because apparently you can put that in a pocket. I mean, it's, I think it's got to be pretty bulky, right? No, you can't see it. It's invisible. 
<laughs> True. That's a good point. I don't know. I know it folds up pretty small, but he he's wants because Snape drags uh, Draco out of the room and he wants to know what he's saying. So um, he overhears a conversation where we find out that Draco was responsible for that cursed necklace that got Katie Bell. So, you know, Harry was right and everybody else was wrong for once. Yeah. No, he said, I didn't have anything to do with it. All right. Oh, really? Oh, my mistake. Okay. Yeah, for the last time, I didn't do it, okay? That Bell girl must have had an enemy no one knows about. Don't look at me like that. I know what you're thinking. I'm not stupid, but it won't work. I can stop you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Malfoy wasn't responsible for this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But which, which, like, I actually kind of thought he was, but yeah, apparently he had nothing to do with it, which, again, who was doing this and why, you know? Yeah. This is like some hardcore shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone really hates the the hog, the, uh, Gryffindor Quidditch team and wants to fuck up the team. Wait, who replaced her on the team? Who replaced her on the team? That's a good question. That's suspect uh, number one. Oh, Dean. Dean Thomas. Oh. Oh, oh shit. It was hmm. Dean Thomas. It was Dean Thomas. Because he wanted to get he wanted to get closer to Ginny, right? That's like, right. He, oh. He wanted to be on the team, yeah. Yeah, he probably saw the way Harry was looking at Ginny and was like, if I'm not on that team, then Harry's going to swoop in and take Ginny from me. And <sighs> mm-hmm. And Dean Thomas knows that getting with a Weasley is the best way to get ahead of the Wizarding World. Right? Yeah, you he's got not about made. to let that. Yeah, he's not about to let that opportunity slip away. So slip a little cursed necklace into a Quidditch player's pocket, and uh, then you're on the Quidditch oh, team. Oh shit! Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dang. Easy to solve. You're welcome, guys. Detective <laughs> Micah has solved this case again. You heard it first here, folks. Wow. Dean Thomas, responsible for the cursed necklace. Okay. Well, then. Either way, Draco isn't telling Snape anything useful. So I guess Harry didn't actually learn anything, right? I guess not. Did, did Harry learn anything useful? Um, uh, He knows that. Yeah, he learned that he learned that Snape... Well, I guess we didn't learn anything, but Harry learned that Snape is trying to help Malfoy with whatever it is, but Malfoy won't let him. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But we don't know what that is. Um. Anything else? Yeah, I, just like the overall tone of this book. It's interesting because like this is very much a Harry Potter book. Like it's all set up in the school and there's all these like school hijinks and so on. But there's this it's the tone is very different too because there's this undercurrent of like what's happening in the outside world. Like there are a couple points, I think it was in this chapter or 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 this set of chapters where they're talking about um students are getting pulled out of the school because their parents are concerned and um, people are like, there was a student who's, um, I think their mom was killed. Right. Like, so this is like, it's, it's interesting how the tone has shifted of these, of these books. Cause in some ways it's still got the same Harry Potter formula, but like ever since I guess book, what four, I would say, like, I feel like the books have been getting progressively more, the stakes have been getting higher. Their things are more dire, I guess. It's interesting. Yeah, it seeing is. Seeing how they've evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are dying. And I, I, in book one, I would, uh, well, that's, I was going to say in book one, I would have imagined anyone, wouldn't have imagined anyone dying. And then I remember that Harry Potter did totally kill that professor. But <laughs> yeah. Other than that, you know. Other than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I realized, I think I figured out what happened to Dumbledore's hand. What uh-huh. happened? Uh, there was some cotton candy in a cotton candy machine. Yep. And mm-hmm. he ate all his cotton candy and he wanted some more. Mm-hmm. And the cotton candy vendor was like, don't stick your hand in there, sir. It's very hot. And he was like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm Dumbledore the wizard. And he stuck his hand in the cotton candy machine and got burned. Yeah. That I must mean, that, be what that, happened. That is very in character for Dumbledore. Like what you <laughs> described sounds exactly like what would happen. And then Dumbledore. and his hand was covered in cotton candy, spun sugar, and, and he, he ate it all off. Yeah. And probably ate some of his hand with it because, you know, can't, yeah, it's hard to get that. around it, right? Yeah. You'd rather eat too much and then not enough and not get all the cotton candy. Exactly. Exactly. So no, I think that I think that checks out. Well, we had a we've been asking our listeners to write in if they have any questions for us, and we had kind of a fun question from Tessa. Um, mm-hmm. The question was, if you could perform one spell from the Harry Potter world as a Muggle, and nobody would know that you were doing magic, what spell would it be? Okay, well, for one clarification, sp- one spell you get one a- time. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. It's it, a spell you can do. I'm, I, well, she didn't say specifically, but I'm assuming it's a spell that you can just forever perform. You know how to do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
so so okay probably akio right like i'd never have to get up again i'd be like <laughs> akio's sandwich and just like summon a sandwich from the fridge uh you know i i i think that'd be pretty useful being able to summon anything from anywhere anytime mm-hmm. i'd be like akio 100 bucks and it's like there here comes the money uh-huh <laughs> that's yeah, good seems, seems like that'd be really useful mm-hmm. what about you jeff uh, what's the one where you read people's minds? Legilimens? Legilimens, yeah. I don't that's think that's one. a spell. It's not a spell. It's a skill, right? Is it? No, I think it's a... Oh, I'm not sure. I, I thought it was a spell. I thought I thought Snape actually cast Legilimens when he first did it with Harry. No, he took his wand out, it's right? It's a and skill. He wanted it. No, I think he used the wand to get the memories of Harry's dad bullying him out of his head, and he dumped it in the pensive. I don't think he actually used the wand, did he? I don't remember. Mm. I don't know. For the sake for the sake of the question, I okay. would say that's a useful. You know. So you're disqualifying my answer. Oh no, I'm not disqualifying your answer. You you would want that. Yeah, read people's minds. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty useful. Yeah, it'd be super useful. I'm not very good at understanding what other people are thinking, if indeed they are. So that would be like a, a practical skill for me. That would help <laughs> me in my life. Mm-hmm. Mostly, they're thinking stupid things. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Alice? I actually chose Akio as well. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it'd be so nice. Yeah, when you're like hanging out on the couch, you know, and like you want to get a new drink or like a slice of pizza and having to get up is just such a pain. Yeah, that's true. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like never have to get up again, right? Yeah. Be pretty awesome. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time we're going to be reading chapters 16 through 20 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. If you have a question, we might answer it on the air. Please share this with anyone who you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you get this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I am Jeff Lake. That is Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Micah Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. <laughs> Benite, Benite Podcast. podcast.